My brothers and sisters in the Lord, in the Old West, there was one major form of transportation, and that major form was the stagecoach, in order for people to get from point A to point B. Many of us are familiar with the image of the stagecoach, but certainly I was not familiar, familiar with until I read about it, that on the stagecoach, there were actually three types or three classes of tickets. There was a first class ticket, a second-class ticket, and a third-class ticket. Sort of, my brothers and sisters, like when you go on an airplane today and there's first class and business class and economy class. But on the stagecoach, it had nothing to do with where your seats were located, how much leg room you had, how much space was in the overhead bin, or what type of meal you were served. If you had a first-class ticket and something happened to the stagecoach on the journey, a wheel broke off, it got stuck in the mud, it had to be pushed uphill. If for some reason there was an issue and you had a first-class ticket, you did not have to get off the stagecoach. You could sit there, no matter what the problem was, until it was fixed. Now, if you had a second-class ticket and there was an issue with the stagecoach, problem with the wheel or whatever it was, then you had to get off of the stagecoach, but you didn't have to do anything. All you had to do was just stand on the side until the problem was solved. But if you had a third-class ticket, then guess what? If there was a problem with that stagecoach, you had to fix it. If the wheel fell off, if it got stuck in the mud, you needed to get your hands dirty, you needed to repair the stagecoach in order for it to continue on the journey. Now, I use that example, my brothers and sisters, because oftentimes in society today, and even in the church, there are too many of us who think we have first-class tickets, or even second-class tickets. First-class tickets, it's all about me. I'm going to sit here in my stagecoach in my life, and it's all about me and my wants and my needs, and everyone needs to cater to me. The second-class ticket, it's not my problem. Whatever the issue is, you need to fix it, and when it's fixed, wonderful, and if not, none of my business. I'm just standing here on the side watching. But to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus, means not to have a first-class ticket or a second-class ticket. It means to have a third-class ticket. There are no disciples, my brothers and sisters, who are called to be in first or second class. It is about being in third class because it's about getting our hands dirty. It's about doing the work of the Lord. It's about being about our Father's business in the vineyard. And today, as we celebrate the solemnity of the ascension of the Lord, as we hear in our scriptural readings today, the final words of Jesus before he ascends to the right hand of the Father really has to do with what it means to be a disciple. And what is he saying? In a sense, you've got to have a third-class ticket if you really want to be my disciple. And as I meditated and as I prayed with those particular scripture passages for today's um, Mass, for the readings for today, three things sort of jumped out at me. Three things that the Lord was saying to the disciples about their outlook, about how they were to live out their faith, about how they were to be the disciple, of how they would have that third-class ticket. The first, my brothers and sisters, is this. As disciples of the Lord, 
we have to look outward. We have to look outward. Because to be a disciple means to be an evangelizer. It means to be a witness. It means to spread our faith. We must have an outward look. Because oftentimes, our brothers and sisters, we want to look inward. And I'm not speaking about here, about the examining our conscience and things like that. I'm talking about when we look inward and all we're doing is navel-gazing. But to look outward means we're looking at the needs of the other. And that's so very important. Do we have that outward look? What do we hear in our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles? Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. They were called to be the witnesses, the disciples, to have that outward look, that outward perspective. Do we do the same thing as we are called to be the disciples, as God asks us to use our gifts for his glory and to build the kingdom of God? I remember many years ago, I was in a parish and they were trying to rebuild the catechetical program, the CCD program, the PSR program. It goes by many names. But they were trying to rebuild it. And we asked an individual if she would volunteer to be a catechist. And she said, I don't really have the gifts to be a teacher in the classroom, that kind of catechist. But she said, you know what I'm willing to do? I'm willing to go out into the neighborhood and find the children. I'm willing to go out into the neighborhood and find the parents and get them here into the religious education classes. And that's what she did. And within the course of the year, the program doubled in size from the work of this one woman. She had a third class ticket. She got her hands dirty. Now, I have to tell you, my brothers and sisters, there were some on the other side. There were some in the program, some of the catechists, some of the leaders who started to complain. Because now we've got too many kids we've got to deal with. <laughs> they have first class tickets. But we're called to have third class tickets to be witnesses, to be disciples, to get our hands dirty in the vineyard. We have to look outward. The second thing we have to do, my brothers and sisters, is not only look outward, but we also, as we live out this life of being a disciple, as being a follower of Jesus, not only have the outward vision, but we also have to look upward. We have to look upward. And what do I mean by that? What does Jesus say to the disciples? He basically says to them, before he ascends to the Father, they're to do two things. They're to wait and they're to pray. They're to wait and they're to pray. He enjoined them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, the sending of the Spirit, as we'll celebrate next Sunday on the Solemnity of Pentecost. They were to wait and pray. They were to have that upward vision, that relationship with God, that upward outlook. And I have to tell you, my brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait. And many of us don't like to wait because society tells us everything's supposed to be instantaneous. Right now, if the microwave can't prepare it, I can't eat it. If it's not fast, I don't want it. If there's not a money-back satisfaction guarantee, it's not for me. 
But you see, my brothers and sisters, the call of the Lord is a call of prayer and a call of waiting to be able to wait on the Lord Jesus, to be able to wait and to be able to trust that God's going to work, God's going to move, not in our timing, but in His, to be able to have that patient waiting on the Lord. Do we do that, my friends? And do we cultivate that upward outlook through prayer, that relationship? Because it's so important. A few years ago, I think there was an 11-year-old boy who was given an assignment. And the assignment in class was basically to write a short story in the form of this little book. And so he came up with his title. How do you deal with girls? That was the title of the book. 11-year-old boy. How do you deal with girls? Question mark. And when you open the book, the whole book was only two words. He wrote, you can't, <laughs> period. Maybe four words, then it was the end. But you see, my brothers and sisters, there has to be a relationship in order for us to try to obtain clarity in the relationship. How do you deal with girls? How do I best support my marriage? How do I best support my family life and my children, whatever stages they are? There's the relationship and there's the call for that clarity. But oftentimes with God, we want the clarity, but we're not willing to build the relationship. It's almost like we're looking for the red phone and we pick up the phone and God's gonna give us the answer, then we put the phone down and we move on. But it doesn't work that way. We have to look outward, we have to look upward, and finally, my brothers and sisters, I would propose to you that a third means for us to contemplate today on the solemnity is this. We have to look forward. We have to look upward, we have to look outward, and we have to look forward. Because there are too many people, my brothers and sisters, who are held in bondage to the past. There are too many individuals who are held in bondage to their past failures, to whatever it is that has happened, and that's where the devil wants us. Because when we're held to bondage in the past, we can't move forward with the Lord, because we're still back here. And we've called to be with God in the present moment and look for him as we move forward into the future. My grandmothers, probably many of your grandmothers, had all sorts of sayings. And one of her sayings was this. Another day with Jesus is better than yesterday. And that's true. Another day with the Lord is better than yesterday, no matter how good yesterday was or how bad yesterday was. Another day to be able to look forward. To look forward, my brothers and sisters, ultimately to the return of the Lord, to the coming of the Lord. When those words of St. Paul will be fulfilled that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bend of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every day with Jesus is better than yesterday. She would always tell me, when you look at someone's face, look very closely. If you see a peaceful look on the person's face, you know that person has a relationship with the Lord. And if you see something else that's not peaceful, there's something wrong there. My brothers and sisters, when we look at our own faces and the faces of others, what do we see? 
When we get up in the morning and we look in the mirror, what do we see? Do we see a peaceful face? Or do we see a face that says, good God, it's morning. I have those mornings. Good God, I gotta deal with the people at St. Benil. You all have those mornings. People at work, people at school, the neighbors, whatever it is. But the call is to look forward, to be in relationship with God. My friends, on this great feast day of the Ascension, let us ask the Lord for the grace so that we may be like the disciples as we hear at the end of the gospel today, that after Jesus ascends, what did they do? They did him homage and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God. My brothers and sisters, when we leave church today, do we leave with great joy? And I know when you're trying to run each other over in the parking lot, that's great joy probably. Do we leave with great joy with the song of God resounding in our hearts? May God grant us the grace to look outward, to look upward, to look forward for the coming of the King.